It's episode 1024, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What's that? And from the back of a drunken pedal cart near na- near downtown Nashville, our very own downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey, you already sound Nashvilleian. I like it. <laughs> All right. Let's get it started. Yeah. Hey, great, great to be back. I just, uh, um, I, I ended up going over Thanksgiving. I went, I took my my family into New York City, and I have an observation, and I want to see if you guys. May, and again, I'm an optimist. You guys know me. I try to be a pretty pretty cheery person. It, yeah. It seems like people are getting friendlier. I think we've been. I think. I think there. I think the pendulum. This is look. This is anecdotal. I feel like the pendulum is swinging. In, in in the world where you know it's an angry couple years you know people were all worked up i took my family in new york city i had three people at different points unsolicited just walk up and give us directions like hey you need help finding something you need to go in to this new place. york I, even, what, what were in you in new york and what were even, you doing when I was trying- that made people think you were so lost that they needed you needed their help yeah that says more about you than other people i, I was think. running around going help 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 i'm lost yeah, and your wife was crying your kids were yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was a home alone scenario says anyone see my son where, where are we going yeah i think no it, it, well at one point they overheard us i was like i think it's two blocks that way he's like oh what are you looking for and then when i parked the car the parking lot attendant you know was like, hey, you guys want? Well, I got these little maps. If you want, if you want anything, we're leaving the restaurant. Somebody's you like, uh, you know, we, they overheard us, you know, comparing directions on our phone. We were very friendly, and then I flew, and even the airport, it was great vibes. Uh, like people were just acting nicer, you know. It it, it just seems like, again, maybe this is yeah, you know, an anecdotal just observation, but it seems like out in the world. The pendulum swinging. People are becoming nice and friendly again. I think everyone's burned out of being mad at everybody all the time. Is anyone else observing this, or is it just my friendly demeanor that is uh, uh, attracting this type? Might of- also be the holidays. I mean, you're there during the holiday season, mm. and people are just happier, and the lights are twinkling. And but you guys aren't noticing brisk. this out in the wild where you are. That 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 it just the. the I don't know. Again, maybe I'm wrong, but I've just, it, I just got the, the feeling that everyone was just tired of being mad all the time. And they were just, they were just acting nice. Like I said, even in the airport, it was pretty, it was pretty good vibes the whole, the whole, the whole weekend. You, you, Emily, you hmm. just moved to a new town. You just moved to a new city. You've probably been out and about a lot. Have you noticed this? Or is so this I'm actually just the me? worst person to ask this question to. Uh, I'm still getting over the flu, which I had over Thanksgiving. So I haven't done a whole lot. I've like, been the person that's avoiding others because I don't want to get them sick. But even then, I just don't think people are like going out of their way to like be super nice. I also think that when I'm in a new city, I don't want to be bothered. So I do have a bit of like a mean face on because I don't want people to talk to me. And no, I think that's you where you and a, I are different. sweet Emily with the mean face. I don't like talking to strangers. Hey, I think that's I think that's every girl though. Like Every single girl by herself has to have a mean face on so they don't get harassed. Yeah, you know what that's I mean? A thi- I, like, I get it. It's different. They got, it's oh, okay. a defense. If I'm with friends, like I'm obviously going to be smiling, laughing. But it's like, like I said, like I'm, I am going places by myself, and I don't want people to know that I'm this new girl in a new city who doesn't actually know where she is. So it's like mm. I have to look mean, and so that way people don't 
talk to me. Um, so, but again, I think that says something about me. And Jesse has that face at an airport that says, talk to me. Yeah. Again, this could just be just a personal observation, but you know, I, I, I personally think, like I said, People are just kind of like, you know what? We were angry about everything for like a couple of years now. Maybe we can all just kind of chill a little. That's what it seemed like to me. I'm very, I'm very, it may be full of, of optimism about just, you know, kind of the, the way, way things are, are headed, you know, again, just personal experience, yeah. but I challenge you guys go next time you go out when you go pick up some food or, or do whatever you're doing, just see if more people are, are a little bit more chatty. And just just a little more happier just to be out in the world. Again, maybe it's just me, but maybe you're just the most well loved person. You are pretty lovable, bro. Well, he, lovable. he does have that vibe at an airport. Well, and it's yeah. the holiday season, so let's hope for the best. Let's hope for that for everybody this, this That's month. Right. That it's just a cheerier place. Let's be kinder to it. Let's do it. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to YouTube star Gabriel Conte. Um, I mean, the dude is huge. I'm sure you already know him. He has a new book coming out, so we talked to him about that. Also, at the end of the show, we have a brand new segment called The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Very seasonal. But stay tuned right now. Up next, it's Slices. You're listening to Maja. The song is How You Like. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, maybe this actually counters the point I was just making about how cheery uh, everything seems because uh, (laughs) Merriam-Webster just released their 2002 Word of the Year. And they, they have a, you know, this isn't just like the editor is making a judgment call. It's based on terms that people are searching for on their online dictionary um has anyone did any any guesses as to what the word of the year is this year well considering we covered it at relevantmagazine.com emily and i yeah. know so we'll leave it to derek to guess the word of the year inflation good guess i'll tell you what it's not it, it's not gaslighting praise god i'm so tired of that word <laughs> People are like, hey, people, you were using gaslighting for everything. Hey, <laughs> hey, uh, Cameron, that's weird. I thought I did read it was gaslighting. Are you sure it's not? Why are you gaslighting me? No, it is not Why gaslighting. Why are you gaslighting me? Jesse, the word of the year, the word of the year is not gaslighting. You're wrong. Praise, I'm praise right. God. And if you think it's gaslighting, you couldn't be more wrong about that. 
No, the well, maybe oh I gosh. maybe I read it I wrong. <laughs> no, because uh, yeah, Marion Wesser announced that the word of the year, based on uh, what people were searching for, is the word gaslighting, which uh, <laughs> makes people question the validity of their own uh, sense of reason. So maybe that's why Cameron was suggesting I didn't get it right. No, uh, I, <laughs> I yeah, hate that, that word. Is, that I I hate it. I hate people don't even know what it means. It's just anything. If you're like, "Hey, we're going That's to the movies," it. what do you what do you want to go see? I want to go see Wakanda Forever. Why are you gaslighting me? What? <laughs> Where did that come? No, but from? like literally, if you get into an argument with somebody, or if you have, if you are correct and they are incorrect, and you're saying, "No, this is the correct thing," they they will accuse Stop you of gaslighting, gaslighting them, me. and it's just like <laughs> I'm just telling you what I know. It's like this is. Proven. I'm not gaslighting you. And you can't win. <laughs> this is actual anyway. factual information. <laughs> the, the, well, the, and yeah. it may be misused, which is why a lot of people are, are consulting the dictionary for, for the term. But does anyone know the origins of the, of no, the word? No, I, I don't even want to, bro. It's from a movie, was, isn't it? Yeah, it's from a movie from the 1930s um, uh, called Gaslight. It actually stars Angela Lansbury. And in the plot of the movie, a husband is stealing from his wife and trying to trick her into believing he's not stealing from her. And he goes in the attic to steal her jewelry. But when he turns on the attic light, a gaslight outside becomes dimmer, like it's pulling the gas in. And he's trying to convince her throughout the movie that, that light's not getting dimmer, trying to make her question her own sense of reality. So that's where the origins of the term are. But yeah, it's it jumped uh, uh, significantly this year, um, over 1,700% uh, uh, increase in people searching for the meaning of that term. Uh, there were some other interesting uh, terms on there. Oligarch was on there uh, with, with the situation I in, hate in that Russia, word. people wanting to know what a oligarch is. Uh, codify, which is a word um, when the <clears throat> about a Supreme Court procedure. How many people were curious about what raid meant? Because a lot of people, I know there was like a raid on Mar-a-Lago or whatever, but who didn't know that? Who was like, hmm, what did they really raid it, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, they were very, sometimes there's like fun words on there. You know, you know, if gaslight's the word of the year, it was a tough rough year. year. Like, yeah. It was year. like, like this, but, um, but yeah, you can see more of the list over at uh, Relevant Magazine. If I but. never hear the word gaslight, oligarch, and woke again in my life, it will be too soon. Like, I don't ever want to hear those. If, if I hear those three words. Those, I'm instantly tuning you out as soon as you say any of those. I was just like, saying, how the, almost like I'm a, with you. Uh, no, dude. No, I'm with you. The way the word woke has been weaponized as though being awakened to somebody else's situation is a bad thing. To having empathy, to having your eyes opened is a bad thing. Like that is just, I'm exhausted at hearing us talk about it. So let's move on. What do you have, Emily? <laughs> yes, I have uh, some pretty tragic news for me personally. Um, I think this will affect a lot of us, but I'm personally devastated by this. A new study came out that coffee plants are going extinct. Um, and a lot of researchers actually think that by 2050, at least like 60% will like just be extinct from the earth um, just because of climate change and um just a lot of deforestation. A lot of these plants are not being taken care of. There is still time to correct it. So it might be okay. But I'm going to tell you right now, if Congress doesn't do something to protect my coffee plants, 
I'm going to be an absolute menace. I, like you do not want to see me without coffee. It's bad. I'm a horrible person. So we really need to do something because I can't be without coffee. I'm with you, Emily. It's it's uh, we rioting. Yeah. If it's just me and you, if it's just me and you, we gonna go riot. Matter of fact, we gonna storm the Capitol again. Like that's <laughs> what it's gonna be. I I. I don't think it's U.S. coffee crops. The coffee's grown other places and other climates. I don't. I know, but they care. need to do fix something. It, Joe Biden. We get to blame everything. F- Joe, fix it, Joe. Yeah. And what are they gonna do? This is Defcon One or Five, whichever one's the worst <laughs> one. Like this is bad. Yeah. This get is NATO bad. involved. This is we need bad. NATO. Can you yeah. imagine a bunch of frustrated? Can you imagine a bunch of frustrated Americans deprived of coffee storming the Capitol? That would be way worse than January 6th, bro. That, this that's... is a national security issue. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, this, everyone, you're going to have a very irritable and, and drowsy nation. Is that what you want? Is that what, but this, this will, I, you know, it's stuff like this that will turn even like, climate change skeptics into like oh coffee's going extinct we better take this oh, yeah. seriously <laughs> yeah it's it do, it's 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 the 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 inverse of what the paper straw does to even the most committed environmental right. activists of like <laughs> if the, if i have to drink one more paper straw that collapses on my second sip i am just going to i'm i'm going to willfully burn the environment down like i'm going to be anti the environment if if this this is a, this is it's gone too far it has gone too far all right if I have to drink one of those mushy, nasty straws, listen, <laughs> I love turtles and I love the environment. I love dolphins. But, uh, but those make straws, my man. straw plastic. You heard? All right. What do you have, Derek? Well, look. All right. <laughs> so this one is going to be perfect for Jesse. I need to know. This is specifically a slice that is directed at my friend, Jesse. They say okay, I'm ready in the year 2030. And we're going to be sending people to the moon to live. live. Love it. Jesse? 2030, bro. We can book our tickets now. That's years away. That's uh, that's seven years away, really. Let's go. Who who is saying this? Because it hasn't been like 40 years since we even sent anybody up there. No, NASA said it. Uh, Howard, Howard who? Who leads the Orion Lunar Spacecraft Program for NASA? He says they successfully launched a powerful new space launch system rocket last week, sending the Orion spacecraft on its way to the moon. And uh, and yeah, they're saying by 2030, there's going to be people. This this is a quote. He says we're going to be sending people down to the surface, and they're going to be living on that surface and doing science. How much science are they doing that they got to live? Live, live. Do I'm like, what is you talking about, Mister Who? But yeah. anyway, no, I'm excited. They're going to basically, they're going to go up there. They're going to drop a whole bunch of, this is true. They're going to drop a bunch of 3d printers on the surface that'll use moon, you know, organics to be able to be constructing like shapes and th- things to make buildings and bases and things like that. Cause you can't transport like all the materials via a rocket. Right. So they're going to go up there take a few trips lay the foundation, start to build an infrastructure, and they'll have a permanent science outpost up there. It's kind of like an outgrowth of the death of the International Space Station. They're just going to go make a moon base and make a moon station, which I think is really cool. Do they have Wi-Fi on the moon? And then we're going to be fighting. We're going to be fighting up Dude, there. Matt Damon growing a potato is going to be real in 10 oh, years. Man. So there you go. I'm skeptical. It seems like every couple of years, there's one of those little bio... Yeah. I went to a biodome. You went to one in Hawaii. And it's like, oh, we're just... We got to be... We we, we got to be prepping. No, wasn't and that it? was like ten years ago. And guess what? We're no one. No it was one. Five years. It was twenty seventeen. I was there, and I visited a 
Uh, they called them Habanauts, and yeah. I visited a NASA University of Hawaii collaboration yeah. of a biodome in Hawaii, and they had these Habanauts live there and work there in a moon-based simulation for a year without exiting, other than being in spacesuits like they would on the Earth. It was amazing. It was amazing. I was there when they came out for the first time. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I was there. You're saying they're going to Hawaii to act like they're on the moon? Bro, that's the worst job ever. It's beaches and some more stuff out here. And we are in this dumb No, it was suit. up in a lava field up in the, the, big, the big island. Has the erupting volcano right now. So up in the lava fields, high, high up, it is like mm -hmm. a moon surface. It is nothing but black lava rock as far as the eye can see. So they built the, the biodome there. So then when the Habanauts would, would have to leave, you know, to go do a daily tour or something, they would get fully suited up in the spacesuit. They would be going over the rocky surface just like they would on the moon. They'd come back in. I was there when they came out for the first time. It was crazy. It was really cool. Well, Cameron, no, you're not hearing what I'm saying. If I go to Hawaii, I want to sip a right. pina colada and I want to eat fish tacos. I do not want to be in a spacesuit walking on some daggum lava rocks. Like, that ain't <laughs> what I'm trying to do. Like, bro, I'm trying to be surfing. I don't even know how to surf. I'm trying to surf. So I'm just like, imagine they like, all right, we're moving you to Hawaii. Yes. And you're going to live in a suit for a year. In, in, a, in a little bubble. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, with four bro. other people. <laughs> Doing science experiments. No, I'm just saying they got finesse, cause right, cause outside somebody is 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 outside somebody is having a luau, uh, <laughs> roasting a pig, while you got on uh, you eating freeze dried ice cream Basically. inside of a a suit. No, that's no. Don't send me to Hawaii for that. Send me to Wisconsin. It is a, it is true that. I was up there in the lava fields with them and their sparse little dome, blah, blah, blah. And then that night for dinner, the rest of us went down to the beachfront for a luau. So I did both. But yeah, no, they were. I'm just saying this whole moon base, it, it's a tease. It's like the flying car. We've been told forever. Oh, like 10 years away. Trust me. By 2032, we're going to be zipping around on hoverboards and flying car. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, NASA. You've been dangling the moon base carrot my whole life. And and I I simply don't Bruh. believe you. I believe the NASA. last thing I want to do is be on a Delta Airlines flight, and and Grandpa well, that shouldn't be driving anyway is flying his car into the side of the Delta flight. No, we do not need flying cars ever. People can't even drive on the ground. Okay. What makes you think they're gonna be able to drive okay. in the sky? All right, now I'm you're good. getting into my territory. So first of all, so, Grandpa ain't gonna be driving. It's gonna be full self-driving, just like my Tesla last week became full self-driving. I have not turned the steering wheel myself in a week. It's been awesome. And so number one, Grandpa will not be in control. The machine will be in control. Number two, flying cars are happening, Jesse. They are currently building the world's first flying car port here in Orlando because they're going to have flying taxis going from Lake Nona to the airport and to the space, the space coast. They're going to have flying taxis. So that is actually happening. Man, that must sound like, do you trust America to make flying it's cars? It's happening right now. No, I'm saying, though, I don't want it to happen, man. I just, can we fix the regular cars first? <laughs> they are full self-driving. They're fixing it. I'm saying it's yeah. happening. Moon bases are happening. I believe in science. Go for it, NASA. 
I'll, be, I'll believe it when I see it. Listen, I'm, I, I'm all for it. I have no objection. I just don't want to be teased. I've been teased my <laughs> whole life about, about all this cool inventions that we have, and we have almost none of it. All, literally almost none of the cool stuff that we saw that we were promised in every cool sci-fi movie. There's no time travel. I can't teleport. I don't have like the cool Terminator eye. <laughs> I don't have a hoverboard. The hoverboard is you tell me there's we're gonna have flying carts and we don't have one hoverboard. It just it does not. Yeah, I remember the fake hoverboard that everybody was getting just blasted. Oh, Mike Tyson almost lost his life on that fake hoverboard. (laughs) Dude, I almost broke my arm on my son's hoverboard. Bro, them joints was brutal, man. That's what I'm saying. We can't even figure the wheels out. Y'all see me? Oh my god! Oh, that's lit. The Back to the Future hoverboard. It don't work though. Does. It does. I can it f- does. Not over water, but it does work. No, it, it does not yeah, hover. It does right now. Let it go. Let it go. De- Derek, we're going to teach you something about gaslighting. <laughs> Cameron, does that hoverboard work? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I saw it hover. Emily, you saw it hover, right? Derek, you didn't see it hover? <laughs> oh, man. All right. That'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Gabriel Conte joins us. Listening to Teenage Priest, the song is Let It Pass. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Gabriel Conte. He's a social media star, author, entrepreneur. He's best known for his YouTube and TikTok channels, which have earned him millions and millions of followers. He's also the co-founder of the lifestyle brand Couple Things, which he runs with his wife, Jess. And he recently released his first book called A Mission for Meaning. Dude is busy. He sat down with Emily to discuss his career and how you can pursue your dreams while honing your talents. Here's our conversation with Gabriel Conte. It is crazy just to think like in the last really decade, how much social media has changed. How has that been for you having to like navigate all the changes? Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely weird. You definitely have to adapt with what's happening, you know? And, um, I mean, Vine was, I was hustling that at the beginning, but not too much changed with Vine itself other than that, like when it, I guess they didn't adapt, you could say, and it died, you know? Um, but when we were, when like a lot of Viners were trans- transitioning to YouTube, I really made sure to kind of do that as best as, as, as I could. And then um, even just like on YouTube as a platform itself, like now the vlogs that Jess and I kind of, grew from and and grew this 
<clears throat> loyal, dedicated audience from doing is it's very hard to very few people now can actually grow on YouTube doing that type of content. The type of content continues to adapt and change for what works. And I guess not necessarily what the algorithm pushes, but just like what the algorithm sees is now working and you kind of have to adapt to that. And um, yeah, it's tough. You kind of are always on your toes on trying to figure out like how to stay, I, I guess, like on the front end of, of things changing. Cause you, cause you can see, you know, you can see, especially in the social media world, you can see people have their rise and then they don't adapt or whatever and they can fall off and stuff. So, um, that's definitely a, uh, a tough one to continually have to navigate. Cause even if you figure it out now, it's like, all right, well, you know, this will only work for so long before the next thing, especially now with TikTok and, and how every other platform has adopted a version of TikTok with reels and shorts and stuff. So it's always, it's a forever changing landscape. What would you say to someone who wants to like pursue that sort of creative career? Like how would you, what would be like the first step you would tell them to take? I would say, well, I guess two things. Like first it's really start today. What I tell people when they, when they ask me is that it is, it's harder to start today than it was yesterday, but it's easier to start today than it will be tomorrow. Just cause like it continues to get more saturated and more, I wouldn't say oversaturated because there's, you know, I think there's room for anyone who's able to make good content, but um, it definitely is the, the pond is getting bigger per se and the, the fish, you know, there's more fish are being thrown into this ever growing pond. So um, there's that. And then um, as far as like YouTube is concerned, there's a great book that I have started recommending to everyone. It's called the YouTube formula. It's written by Daryl Eves and um, it just like really breaks down how YouTube works, the algorithm behind it, the history of YouTube on like why it works the way it does and why certain YouTube does certain things. Um, so that's been really good, even for myself, because I, not that Jess and I like grew by mistake, like we were making the right content um, that we needed to be making. And, and, you know, we figured out ways to be good at doing that. But um, there wasn't as far as like understanding YouTube really, really well. Um, it wasn't until recently when I started really digging into um, just just more like more, digging into things more analytically and that book really helped a lot for me. Since you've been really intentional with social media or really just your career in general, like how have you seen a change in um, just your life and your work? Um, yeah, I mean, it is as far as like just blanket statement intentionality. Um, I guess it just allows you to have more clarity and more purpose for myself, at least. Like, um, I mean, I, I called the my book, I called it a mission for meaning just because like the overarching mission of my life has kind of been formed through. I don't know, just a lot of thought and, and especially with Jess as well. Like we have in the book, I, I show her like our family mission statement and how there's like different pillars to it and stuff like that. And, um, but that has really helped shape the choices I make on a, on a smaller level. If that makes sense. Like I have this bigger goal in mind and this bigger vision and mission in mind. And then I'm able to kind of like break that down and understand like, okay, are the choices are the small choices that I'm making day to day right now actually going to lead me to that, that greater, mission in life and 
Um, that's where I think the word intentionality plays a huge part is because you need to be very intentional with even the small choices that you're making. Um, but they need to have like purpose. It, it's it's kind of hard to be intentional if you don't know what to be intentional about or what the purpose is for, you know? So uh, making intentional choices or changes or whatever it may be, um, there needs to be a purpose and a reason behind them and um, kind of having a, a longer scope on life just having a bigger vision and a, a bigger mission um that you can like aim for really allows you to make choices that are right for you and intentional choices that are right for you Okay, I want to know, like, why did you want to write this book now, like in this moment? I, for a while, I didn't want to write a book, actually. Funny enough, I, but my, my manager was always encouraging me to. He was like, you have stuff to say, um, especially like in the YouTube world. He was like, a lot of YouTubers kind of release books just to release books. And he was basically saying like, you are, I know you're going to put your heart into this and you're going to make something that's that will impact people and whatever. And I was like, ah, I just don't think I have enough to say right now. Like, what am I gonna, you know, what am I gonna say? And um, eventually years down the line, I, the conversation came up again and I was like, all right, I think, I think I'm finally ready to, to do this. I think I have enough to say. Um, you know, the tough thing for me was that I'm um, writing, a, writing a book was, obviously going to be about like i guess my life and it was just tough for me, for me personally to wrap my head around at the time i'm 28 now but at the time when when I, we started the whole process i was 25 and i was like what does a 25 year old what has a 25 year old done to be able to warrant you know writing about his life but um i i go into that a bit in the book as well because i really needed to sit down with myself and be like look it doesn't not that your age doesn't matter it does matter obviously like the more life you live the more things you've experienced and lessons you've learned and all that stuff but um we all have experiences no matter how big or how small that we've gone through and that we have learned from and like everyone everyone has a specific story ex specific experiences and specific lessons that they've learned in their life that they are able to share with other people that can, the things that can impact other people essentially. And um, I was basically just sitting down and kind of like talking myself through this, like, should I at this age write a book about my life? And you know, there's, there's definitely more to my story than just my own life. I, I talk about my grandparents and then my parents, my mom has HIV and like that whole story is crazy with me and my siblings being born and, and her and my dad meeting and stuff. But, um, yeah, that was really, I guess, the mental battle for me to kind of get to the point of, of actually wanting to write the book. And then, and once it came to writing the book, a lot of it was, um, not that it was learned along the way, but once I decided like, okay, I'm gonna write a book, I know things that I wanna say, but I need to now like package it into, a, in, into a, an actual book, you know, into a story that is, you know, read cover to cover and, and all that stuff, so. Um, then that, then it was more of the creative process of doing that and taking all of these, like all these thoughts that I had and compiling it into something that, um, 
could fit in there, you know? <laughs> That was Gabriel Conte. Make sure to check out uh, his YouTube, IG, TikTok. It's crazy. And also his new book, A Mission for Meaning. It's out now. You're listening to No Big Deal, DJ Michael V and Paul Russell. Song is Xmas 19. Now, I mean, I mean, obviously, pandemic 19, 20. It, it was, it was, it was that time of year that that came out. But it's a great song, and it is also on the very relevant Christmas Spotify playlist, which has like 200 plus songs. That and no Mariah Carey. You should go check it out. It's a great uh, Christmas playlist to put on a shuffle in the background this time of year. Love No Big Deal. It's great. Okay, it is time for our new segment. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Basically, I have a list of Christmas-themed questions to ask you all. It's not a trivia game. It's just an, uh, it's an interactive segment just to usher in the season we're in and revel in all of its wonderfulness. So here we go. I'm just going to toss up some cast questions. Uh, what is the weirdest gift you've ever given or received? What's the weirdest gift? Not worst or best, but the weirdest gift. I'll say one time my dad gave me a stuffed piranha that had little antlers on it. So I have a why taxidermied <laughs> piranha with antlers. You, you know, you're, you're, I don't know. Your dad is is one of the weirdest things about your dad is his fascination with fake taxidermy. Like I'm not talking like yes. Like it's not like Cameron's dad has like the 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 head of some you know moose. That he killed on like a big game hunt. No. I'm talking he'll have like jackalopes no. and like like an actual well, okay. like dead rabbit do know- with like a squirrel head and like a horn coming out of it just randomly on a mantle somewhere. I do. Why? I do. I do. Here's where it started. Like in seventh grade, I had a weird sense of humor and I got a jackalope. I thought it was funny because. Yeah. Dave Coulier, America's Funniest Home Videos, whatever, like a jackalope was a thing. I thought it was funny. Well, obviously, a jackalope doesn't exist. And so because I said I liked my jackalope, for the next five Christmases, my dad would always get me an unnaturally horned animal taxidermied. And so I have this piranha. I have a, they call it the Florida Swamp Monster, and it's a deer's rear end where the tail is like a goatee, and it has like horns and fake eyes it's put onto the butt, unsettling. and it's 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 settled. It's unsettling, and I have like all these fake taxidermy things because my dad was trying to connect with me about my weird humor my entire high school years, and so I have all this weird taxidermy in my house. So kind of sweet, time. I guess. But, Very creepy, but I guess. Oh but it's like. <laughs> I one time it's like one time you, one time a aunt says she likes angels and for the rest of her life everybody gives her angels. That's yeah. like that's me with taxidermy. I wa- hey, I so. want to see this deer butt. Like, do you have it? Hold on, you don't have it. Where is that? Go, kitty, bro. 
I don't think any of us can top that. What does anybody have anything weirder than that? Not weirder than tr- that. Tr- yeah, trust me. And when you see it, you 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 can have absolute no, it's, assurance. It's, None it's of us in have storage. Anything. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, bro, you gotta take a picture and send it to me or something. Derek, it's, it, it's so the, the it's is, so it's demonic not, looking. I yeah. I don't want it in the house. Like, oh, Derek. Here's the thing. When, when he's describing it, you think it's like this whimsical sort of like mascotty thing. No, it's a yeah. terrifying. It's like a, it's like a man face. It, 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 it is it, it has that uncanny valley thing where it looks kind of human you know it's it's oh it's very man, that's no good Cameron I think you win that round I think anything we say is not going to be yeah, attacked you want a deer butt that has it, a, bro. a mean yeah. man face next question <laughs> alright here we go did you believe in Santa when you were growing up and if so how long did you believe and do you remember why you stopped believing yes <laughs> yeah I stopped believing when I was I think five. I was really okay. young because my brother, who's a year older than me, he told me that Santa didn't exist. He ruined it for me. Um, I don't remember exactly how he did it, but he just told me, and I guess I believed him. But I remember the next year when I was in first grade being so confused because we had this like school craft, whatever, where we were given these little like jingle bells. And my teacher said, if you hear the bell, that's because you believe in Santa or something like that. And I remember being so confused because I was like, well, I don't believe in Santa, but I hear this bell because I don't understand how like sound works because I'm six. She was gaslighting um, you. She was gaslighting me, really. And I was like, I just remember like having this crisis as a first grader. Like, do I actually believe in Santa? Like, I don't think he's re-. like it was. There was a lot <laughs> happening in six year old Emily's head. Um, so thanks, Matt, for ruining my life. That's what I want to say. Well, I was going to say Santa hey. is the is the OG gaslight. Right, like I mean, that's basically yeah. us just gaslighting children. I never believed in, in in Santa. I don't really remember why. I just always, you know, just knew it wasn't real. But I did have like irrational beliefs. For some reason, I was convinced as a kid that all Chris, like I was like, I'm too smart for Santa. I know that parents go out the night before Christmas when the kids are asleep <laughs> to buy all the presents. I was convinced that it was the most stressful night of the year. Like not one present was bought leading up to Christmas Eve, and all Christmas shopping was. I don't know why. I just assumed that, and I just assumed it with absolute certainty. You went to bed mm-hmm. at nine and mom and dad left the house yes. to go to the yes. 24 hour stores. And, and in my, and I had a picture of it in my mind. It is just shoulder to shoulder parents in there just doing all that. I don't know why, but that was my <laughs> assumption. And how long did you believe that? All right. All right. Uh, uh, so I left for college and um, yeah, then, then so, I yeah, you, you, were, you were yeah. allowed, you were allowed to Christmas shop. Leading up mm-hmm. to Christmas Eve. Yeah, until he had kids and he realized that Black Friday was the that thing. I did. <laughs> that um, I didn't need Derek, to what about you? Walmart did you believe yeah. in Santa, Derek? I did um, until I was about eight or nine years old, and we had a sleepover wow. at my house, and my homeboy found all of my presents, and we were playing with them <laughs> when my mom came home. <laughs> so when she came home, she tried to fix it up. But she said, look, son, I'm going to just keep it real with you. Yeah, I, th- these are your Christmas presents. And to be honest, you know, I work too hard to let some fat white man take all the credit for all these gifts. That's literally what she exactly said. That's right. her exact words. I was like, okay, well, this was fun. Yeah. So uh, rip the band. But she's off. like, we're going to still make cookies and all that. We're going to still kick it. But that's literally her exact words. So then me being Derek, the prophet goes to school and tells my uh 
classmates. You were that kid. Hey, y'all. I was that kid. Yeah, I was that kid. It was me. I'm sorry. So I have no recollection sorry. of Santa. My mom, she told me when I was an adult, my mom told me she never lied to me about Santa. She said she was very intentional that like if I ever asked the Santa real, she would say to me, well, what do you think? And then I would tell her my theory and she'd be like, oh, that's really interesting. And she never confirmed nor denied it, but she definitely did like the Santa gifts and all that stuff. She just never like said he's real. So I don't remember when that changed. I do remember the Easter bunny because when we were five, we were going to visit friends and my, and I remember my mom packing specifically Nutri-Grain bars um, uh, in the trunk. And the next morning was Easter and those same bars were in my Easter basket. And I connected that mom made the Easter basket, not the Easter bunny. Mm. And then we went to their church and I went to the kids church and told all the kids at that church that the Easter bunny is a lie. And so all these five-year-olds are getting picked up on Easter Sunday from church and crying to their parents that the Easter bunny wasn't real and all this stuff. I got in so much trouble. So I'm like you, Derek. Wait a second, though. You got to spread the word. You got to spread the word, but the question is: Is why is there Nutrigrain bars in your in your your Easter basket? Like she went granola bar. She like was just filling what? it with filler stuff. So. It was like filler <laughs> granola like bar candy. here on the side. So There's all the candy granola. and stuff. Want but I remember it was Easter basket. It was, Mama, what was she it doing? It was a purple <laughs> wrapper. Purple wrapper. I remember it vividly because I saw it in the trunk. Like, ooh, I like those. And then, like, I got him in my Easter basket. Like, like so. Mama, what, what? 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 That's look, mamas. If you want to ruin Easter great. for your kids, yeah. put a Nutrigrain bar in a basket. <laughs> if you want to ruin it, yeah. that's like putting an apple in the Halloween candy. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's always a person that's real healthy. They want to put like freeze dry or trail mix. And bro, I don't yeah. want no trail mix. Bring me the Snickers, yeah. the Reese's, the Kit Kat bars. Nobody want a neutral grain bar. Look, if grain is uh. in the name, listen. If grain grain is in any of the packaging, any of the packaging, it does right. not belong in the Easter basket. Sugar. Okay? That's that is, what needs to be agree, everywhere. Sugar. If you had to live in a Christmas movie, which one would you choose? Oh, I'm choosing Elf. Elf. Yeah, New What's York. A good one. Classic. Great apartment. I'm going to go home alone, and here's why. It seems like injuries just aren't that bad in the home alone world. Like, you can take a paint can right to the face, right? And, and you probably just walk it off. Like, you can have a blowtorch <laughs> ignite on your head for an extended period of time. And, and, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to sting for, for, you know, 10 or 15 seconds, but you stick it in some snow, and you're good to go. Like, it just seems like a universe. Hey, did you, if you lived in that world, you'd did be you hear injuries. Joe Pesci this week got interviewed because it's the 30th anniversary of Home Alone. Yeah. He got interviewed about Home Alone and he said that in that scene where his hat got on fire, he got significantly burned and they had to stop production for a while because he was so injured from that scene. So injuries are no. real, Jesse. Just not in the movie, though. Not in the movie. In, in the movie, cool. you can biff Emily, it. what about you? you yeah, you can biff it down icy brick stairs and just pop right back up. Emily, you got one? Oh, no. um, what did you say? Here's the thing. I am that person that watches christmas rom-coms so um i don't want to say i'll live in a hallmark one i'm gonna pick the holiday because that's probably my favorite one and i'd like to live in a place where oh, i just house swap good. and i meet a nice man that that seems like a great deal for me personally no emily you need to live in one where you you just move to the big city you move to nashville you're you're a successful <laughs> magazine editor okay but guess what you're gonna visit your hometown this year and who's this handsome devil working at the Christmas tree farm? Wait, did I accidentally grow up with him? Did is this, you know, that's 
that's the kind of Christmas movie. I you know, do not it, want that whatsoever, actually. How about Die Hard? Just, just you should yeah. pick Die Hard. <laughs> oh, Die Hard is Chicago. Yeah, nice. That's a good one. All right. Uh, would you rather get no presents or bad presents? No, I'll take the bad presents for sure. But Derek, but then you got the awkward thing if you got to open it and you got to act like you like it. You know, in front of them. Yeah. And then you got to wait three to six months thing. before you trash it. The whole thing. If I if I get a bunch of bad presents, uh, then we about to make some jokes out of them joints. I ain't gonna you'll tell them to their face know, that it was a bad present. You're gonna roast them. Not you're gonna tell your aunt. You're gonna mock the, her to her face. Not at the time. Not at the time. But okay. you can rest assured. By Fourth of July, we barbecuing. Everybody getting cooked. Hey, bro, you remember? She's getting cooked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah. getting flambé. Yeah. It's y'all already know. By 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 Fourth of July. Last question: What celebrity would be the most fun to spend the holidays with? Oof, celebrity man. You know, you know who mm. always seems to be having a really good time. At least when I follow him on social media is uh, DJ Khaled. I mean, he's out there one day. One day. I definitely will want to gang with Listen, Khaled, bro. You know, you know his holidays are wild. Like, yes. one day one day he's out there, you know, jet skiing around to yacht parties. The next day he's getting luxury toilets delivered to his house by Drake. It is never a dull moment, especially during the holidays. I feel like if I had to kick around with anybody, just just for the the the, the lifelong stories that I would get of hanging out with DJ Khaled for the holidays. Do you, do you guys disagree that that would be an interesting holiday? That hang? would be a memorable yeah, holiday yeah. Pretty good. for sure. That would pretty be good. memorable. Yeah, I can't memorable. Think of I think he would get annoying after a while. I think his energy, his like, oh. you know, I think it would be too much. I think Khaled's the type of guy that overgives on Christmas too. Like he's like, yo, I just mm. bought you a Lambo, Cam. Yo, what's up? It's a gold, it's a 24 karat gold Lambo. You just like pull up and then you open a Lambo and it's like Jordans and Balenciaga. Well, not, it's Jordans <laughs> yeah. and Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we didn't go stay away from that one. It's Jordan and Louis Vuitton yeah. uh, sneakers all in the back and then it's like, it's, oh, open the trunk. You open the trunk and like Drake pops out. It, like, it's you know true. He, <laughs> he gives, all right, you're right. He's the you're most right. generous gift giver. I mean, he'll give like a suitcase full of cash to someone who's already rich you know imagine right. what he gives to his friends that don't even have money like he, you know like no 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 the most generous gift giver is mr beast that dude will give a million dollars to a stranger Man. for no reason yeah so i don't fact. know if you've seen That's his videos fact. but that yeah dude he'll give half a million without thinking about it he's Khaled's yeah. not at that level yet but anyway all right he, he the best music too <laughs> that'll do it for it's the most wonderful time of the year well before we wrap things up i'm going to thank gabriel conte for joining us make sure to check out his new book a mission for meaning and if you don't follow him on all the socials you're missing out you should do it he's really good also hey go over to relevantmags.com if you aren't following what we're doing there every day we are putting out more content than ever at the intersection of faith life culture and justice it is it's been a lot of fun it's really cool to see you can follow us on the socials especially twitter and facebook um, for all the links and stuff if you want to keep in touch not on social media right there on the homepage of relevant you can sign up for our daily newsletter which gives you the top five trending articles on our website every day just the cream of the crop um, <laughs> make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well. We got some stuff in the pipeline that you don't want to miss. Uh, hey, while you're at the website, make sure to check out the magazine. Just click on the magazine tab right there. Um, you can find great articles with the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power cast, MIA, Tycho, uh, NT Wright, and so much more. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron String. 
I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Derek Marner. We'll see you next week. Have a great Christmas season, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. science are they doing that they got to live there relevant podcast network say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill